Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Enlightenment with me, your host, Oakley Ogden. And today, it's me with you. That's what's happening because it's New Year and I have some stuff that I'd like to share with you. In fact, we are going to go back into my history of Lyme and the car accident and we're going to talk about how I actually overcame some of that, like what tool I used to climb out of that hole. And it all revolves around living from the inside out. So let's just jump in right now. It's a new year. New Year's is when we typically promise ourselves a whole host of new actions and behaviors, right? That we will definitely follow through on and implement that will make us better and make us happier. (laughs) We swear to ourselves and to our loved ones that in this new year, we will change our exterior world to make our inner life better. We will be happier because we will get a new job. We will go to the gym. We will quit vices that we hold onto for dear life. (laughs) Yeah, right. A time for new beginnings. How about a time for the same old unconscious beliefs to hijack our minds? (laughs) How about that? And send us off the rails in less than two months. I mean, some of you may be holding on, let's see, January, February into April. Good for you. But the stats say that we all fall off in in, uh, in February. And I was definitely a card-carrying member of that statistic, you know. So simply put, right, New Year's is what we say, a time for new beginnings, And I operated like what I promised myself was supposed to make me feel better. Everything I promised myself on the outside was supposed to change the inside. But changing things is like painting the wall a different color. Transforming things is like knocking the wall down. And my darling listener, don't you try to even fool me. We all have walls that are ready for demo day. So today, I'm going to start, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to share some of my walls and how I demoed them. Some of them, right? We're all working through stuff. I still have things I'm working on. But there was such a catalyst of change for me around the car accident um, that I share about in episode one. And I'm going to use more details around that time to really illuminate how I got through a bunch of hard stuff. Okay, here we go. So let's go back in time. It's a long, long time before 2014. We could even say a decade before or more. And I had been living for much of my life feeling so frustrated 
And what was I frustrated about? I was so frustrated that I wasn't living into who I knew I could be. What a funny, like, existential thing to be plagued by. And I think a lot of people could comment on that and be like, well, that's the result of privilege. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maslow's hierarchy of needs would suggest that because shelter and food were handled, I could live in a more existential place. But this was not something that haunted me as a result of con- like contemplating life. This was something that was kind of with me for as long as I could remember. Even as a, as a little girl, I was so scared that I wasn't going to fulfill something inside of myself. And that, I think, many people in specifically, I'll speak to our American culture or or U.S. culture, um, can relate to. So I just had no idea how to shift myself into next gear, if that makes sense. And as I said, it kind of just drove me nuts. I like to think of it as how I was driving my car, right? I feel like I was in a sports car, but I was driving it like a beat up old Honda Civic. Like I had no idea how to get the potential out of the vehicle I was in. I'm obviously not talking about my body. I'm talking about this God-given nature of consciousness and how we learn or don't learn to direct it. That's what I'm talking about, right? It requires, to direct it, tremendous creativity and vision and imagination. And you don't need to be an artist. It's the energy that lives inside all of us. The thing that imagines wars as easily as it imagines paradise It's the energy that can see falling in love as easily as it can see feeling unworthy of it. So for me, it came down to the way I was using my mind. And I was just on autopilot. Sure, I was a critical thinker. I was creative. But I wasn't elevated I was even positive. So it wasn't sort of the attitude that I'm talking about. It's sort of this next level, taking my mind to the next level, up shifting. Is that the right, is that the right world? <laughs> is that the right word? <laughs> up shifting. Uh. My mind wasn't elevated. Let's just say that, okay? It didn't have discipline. Uh, I didn't even know that the mind could have discipline. My mind would just go for these wild rides, critiquing things and overanalyzing things and keeping me up at night and driving me into holes of despair and self-criticism. I'm sure you can't relate at all with any of this. And I only judged myself by how well I could hang on to the ride. Like if I could hang on and make it through, then okay, I was doing really well. 
Well, what about just getting off the ride? What about just putting an end to the ride? I didn't know how to do that. Okay, where did this all come from? Does it matter, you know, for the sake of learning? We don't need to overanalyze everything because the technique I'm going to give you is a technique from neuro-linguistic programming that doesn't actually call upon your history. It just calls upon where you're choosing to go. It's a really cool coaching technique that I use and that I've been taught from my coaches. Um, But for the sake of awareness, I'm going to share this. So when I was growing up, my parents, who are both really wonderful people, they struggled in their relationship to get along. Marriage can be very hard, right? And they struggled. And there was often this feeling of tension between them. And this feeling became so familiar to me. I felt wrapped up in it, and I grew accustomed to it. I didn't see it, though, as good or bad. It just, it just was. It's just what I knew. Does that make sense? So as I grew up, I internalized that tension as normal. That became my baseline. I grew up, and then I left the house, and I started my life, and those feelings came with me. They became a part of my life because I didn't know any better. I carried that tension, but I carried it deep inside of my body. I was so used to it, it was so familiar to me that I didn't even know that my internal experience could be different. And when we carry something in our bodies, it does affect our minds in a certain way. When we carry emotions in our bodies, these unconscious emotions, this was unconscious. That's what we can say about this, all unconscious. So most of us have a ton of unconscious material and we just keep going. And I would have just kept going like this also, for sure. But my body and my mind and my spirit knew they had a higher intelligence and they knew that I was yearning to know myself more deeply. And this whole host of patterning wasn't going to take me deeper into knowing myself. It had to be healed. It had to be healed so I could help end it in my lineage. It had to be healed so new doors of perception could open. The stuff we carry around from our lineage, please hear me, is not good or bad. It's just what is. And in our life, we can choose what to do with it depending on what we want in our existence. It's our birthright to choose what we do with it. Okay, I'm going to rein it back a little here. So let's keep going. This tension, I'm going to give you examples, how it presented itself. One, needing to feel in control. Two, Judging others before they could judge me. I was quick with a draw. Three, disguising criticism as humor. Those are three examples. 
I learned all of that from my environment. I'm not proud of it, but I also do not blame my younger self. I'm just pointing out the deeper stuff, the stuff we think is okay, that doesn't add up, that doesn't weigh heavy on our hearts because we're tough and we're strong and this is life, right? And we can take it because we're fun and we do stuff and we have jobs and we have relationships. (laughs) All the reasons why it's just okay to keep going. But trying to control so much for me inside of myself trying to not act like that or trying to be better just sent me on a roller coaster ride. I would be up, then I would be down. I would be trying to feel better and then I would avoid feeling bad. It was like a crazy pinball machine inside. Do you know anything about that? Raise your hand if you do, please, right? And this really affected my relationships because I didn't have the capacity to be vulnerable with others. I had to be the one in control of the dynamic to make me feel safe. And on and on the reasons go and go and go, right? So we're in the analytical mind. I'm just showing you sometimes where to look. And this is where I looked. And there was a lot of other stuff that I could look at. This is one of the one of the many things, right? Okay. But there's a catch here for me because there's a confusing part. Here's where it all didn't add up for me. This was all going on and I was on this path to better myself. I was reaching towards feeling better and I was taking a lot of the quote unquote right action. I had found meditation, which definitely made me feel better. It opened me into a whole world. I went to therapy definitely also helped for sure I went to school to become a counselor yep pushed me deeper into my work incredible experience I studied with my beautiful extraordinary spiritual teacher and I focused on healing in a really profound way that proved wildly transformational in many ways but why after all of the years of this I was feeling better, but why underneath it all was I still walking around doubting myself and feeling like it was just still really hard for me to make life work? And every time I tried to take three steps, it felt like running through sand But it was just sort of working out for my friends and my family members. And the more effort they put in, the more momentum they built for their lives. And I just thought something is not right here. But instead of saying something about that, instead of saying, hey, wait one second, I'm really uncomfortable. Things aren't working out. Something's not right here. Instead of slowing down, I just kept pushing through. And those decades leading up to the car accident were all defined by pushing as hard as I could. They were defined by one word and one word alone, and that was will. I created programs that were recognized by 
like super famous publications. I ran more miles because I was more tired. I thought that's what I needed. I drank more green juices, which did not make me feel better, but probably helped me not get much worse. I'm actually a huge proponent of green juices for my people who know me very well, but still didn't make me feel better at the time. They were just tough years, right? And little by little, I even started to please others, like live for it, like just live to like fulfill someone others, uh, someone else's request of me. Can Oakley, can you please do this? Yes. And then, ah, right. I would feel better, which is like a crazy technique to get love, right? People pleasing. And it also doesn't really line up with my like little rebellious history of it doesn't exactly scream people pleaser, but it is a tricky little technique. But the point is, is I was giving little parts of myself away. Right. So I was giving my little self, I was giving my little self, I was giving parts of myself away. And I was having these thoughts. And meanwhile, chronic inflammation is building up in my body. I don't know that. It's from Lyme disease. I'm struggling with my memory. Um, I'm struggling with some neurological functioning. More of which, as I said, you can hear about in episode one. And I wasn't listening, y'all. I wasn't listening and I wasn't slowing down to name what was happening to me. I was hanging my hat on how strong I could be, not how authentic and vulnerable I could be. And that alone was a huge paradigm shift. So what happens? The car accident happens. Okay, now we're in 2014. Because I wasn't listening, you know, and there's an age-old adage that first the universe whispers in your ear, and then it taps you on the shoulder, and then it sort of gives you a dead arm, and then if you're not listening, it hits you with a two-by-four. So this was my two-by-four, to say the least. So there I am, post-car accident, the next day. And my ability to push through is having death throes. Like I was trying to figure out how I could still work that afternoon. That's, that's what we were dealing with. <laughs> oh my God, just saying that out loud. <sighs> so my reality got checked, right? I, I understood finally that afternoon through friends and family and mentors and my spiritual teacher what had really happened. Everybody was yelling at me, telling me what was really happening, how close I was to having died and that my brain was swollen and that I needed to rest. And the minute they all said that, it was like this wave just hit me and I just disappeared into darkness. This darkness that had just been waiting for me to rest, to stop, to acknowledge. And so there I was in bed and I couldn't move. And my ability to push through had finally been taken away. And I couldn't use my eyes because my brain was so swollen. So I just had to wait in the dark for three months. And I remember so well laying in the dark, whispering into the dark that I knew for sure 
that this was one of those life-changing moments. But I had no idea what was about to change. So my love, in this new year, don't wait. Don't wait for the two by four. Don't wait for the wall. Listen to the whisper. Listen to the tap on the shoulder. And step toward transforming what isn't working for you. All I had to do was acknowledge that something wasn't right to start the entire process. But because of my habits and my patterns, I couldn't. But I did the hard way, obviously. So, one last thing that I'd like to share here before we get into the tools that actually changed everything for me was something my coach reflected to me. And I want to share this in case it will be useful to you. He reflected my tolerance for pain. He said, your tolerance for pain is so high, Oakley, that you don't allow discomfort to incite change in your life. Holy shit. I had to sit with that one. So instead of saying, hey, I'm so uncomfortable, I need to change stuff, this isn't working, or simply asking for help or simply just acknowledging to a friend that something's up, I used to say, what pain? I got this, right? I got this. I can do this. I got it. Now, of course, that's a great quality to have, but with discernment, I didn't have discernment because my worth was measured in how much I could withstand I was a tough nut to crack. It may have taken a two by four. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, but if you are feeling like you want to hide under the covers right now, okay, good. I'm glad this is resonating. So just stay with me. So these beliefs, these inner uh, narratives right inside, they all compounded and eventually I was off course, right? Obviously. And the question then in that moment, post-car crash, was not what meds was I going to take to get my body better? And I should add post-Lyme disease diagnosis, with, which happened shortly after that. No, it wasn't what meds were going to get me better. The question became, what beliefs do I need to transform to get my body, mind, and spirit better. What beliefs about myself do I need to fundamentally trade in to align with my true nature, to allow for vulnerability, for love, for joy, for presence, compassion, and patience 
to grow within me so I can know myself differently. I'm giving you a moment to just chew on that. And so here is the tool that I was given that changed my life. So it starts like this. I'm asked to pick a guiding love-based quality that I'm going to align myself with every day. It's got to be a love-based quality. That means harmony, peace, joy, all of those feelings. And it's got to be a feeling, okay? Something that you can feel, whether you've ever, whether you've felt it before or not. So naturally, I chose joy because I had no idea where that had gone. Second step, I'm asked to use my imagination to conjure up inside an image or a scenario or an event. It can be real or totally imagined that evokes the feeling that I'm choosing to align myself with. So I was really struggling, as I said, to feel joy. And I was quite the opposite. I was feeling really hopeless and depressed and numb and filled with sadness and confusion. And quite honestly, you know, which is a pretty big thing to say because I love my life, um, I couldn't think of anything that brought me joy. And I had had a very joyful childhood and tons of memories and I couldn't access any of them. It was like I was just sitting in a dark box somewhere and I couldn't think of anything in the future. So I just decided to start where I was and I sat on my floor in front of my little meditation station and I sat there and I closed my eyes and I took a deep breath and I connected to the word joy, and there in my mind's eye, I saw a picture of a tiny, innocent, soft-eared little puppy. Like, I'm not even kidding, a puppy. And, (laughs) And there was this tiny little smile that happened on my heart for the first time in a long time, just this little smile. And I wasn't brimming over with anything. I wasn't like completely ecstatic with joy. But it was just the seed, just the seed of joy. And all I needed to do was water it every day. I had lit the pilot light, and that was enough. So from that point, I'm asked to drop the visualization, the imagery, And just carry forth into my day that state, that feeling. And every couple hours to come back and activate that state by imagining whatever you want to imagine. So I would imagine the puppy and there would be two puppies and I would come back to that feeling, that just little bit of joy, Ah, just that little bit. And I would just sit with that 
so grateful that I had kind of just lit this little tiny pilot light. However, naturally it's life and we all get triggered. So there is a way in this technique to manage the triggers, okay? And most of my clients know this this breath and all of the clients that know this breath have voted in the last two years anonymously, uh, unanimously and anonymously, I'm not going to share their names, uh, that this is their favorite technique. And it's called the box breath. And it's awesome. It's awesome to shut down the trigger train. Okay, so if you are feeling like you are leaving the station and the trigger train is blowing its horn, do the box breath and it will help to recalibrate your nervous system and regulate your body and your system, right? So here it is. It sounds like this. Exhale all your air and then inhale on the count of four, two, three, four. Pause at the top of the breath two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, pause at the bottom of the breath, two, three, four. So we'll do that all together. Join me if you wish. Inhale, two, three, four, and pause, two, three, four, and exhale, two, three, four, and pause, two, three, four. And you can do that as part of a meditation in the morning for three minutes. It'll really start to train your nervous system into this state of peace and joy and whatever you choose. But it's a great technique to use throughout the day. And the more familiar you get with it, the more present you can be with it. So now some of my seasoned clients maybe employ the box breath, maybe three rounds, and they're back to center. So you make that decision for yourself, how many times you need to do it. So after that box breath, that triggers dissipated in the body just enough, and you use the power of your imagination again to create the sensation of the feeling that you're choosing to align with. Okay? So sometimes it takes muscle, a little bit of effort, and you have the power of focus inside. And that is something that you'll strengthen through this work. So this is where I started. I started from choosing what I needed and wanted to feel. I mean, that's wild to me. I just thought that I was on the ride called manage, just feel what I feel and like deal with it manage it. But this is a different kind of management. This is such a conscious way to choose your internal world. And it affects everything. So over time, my brain started to prune some of the neurological connections of negativity. Like quite literally, they just started to go away. I felt quieter. I felt more peaceful. I felt available. I could be more present in hard conversations with loved ones. I could just stay. I didn't need to leave because I was so triggered. And being able to stay created really deep connection. 
And this deep connection inspired my whole being. It made me feel alive. It had me feel my heart. And even after all that time, right, it was never about painting the walls a different color. It was never about just change in its simplicity. It was about transformation. It was about remodeling and knocking down the walls. I had been allowing my mind to direct me. And now I was choosing how to direct my mind. That is such a shift. That was at the core of all of it for me. Maybe it was all leading up to me being able to learn this, to totally change my life and understand our human potential because that's where it's all led me. This complete, unbelievable passion for the human potential. This to me is what it means to be Uh, awakened and a divine creator on planet earth like if we have the power inside of us to consciously choose our feelings so that we can influence the world around us our our immune systems our relationships obviously our minds we're using this god-given power of creativity that lives in all of us as consciousness it's so cool to me okay Yay, I love it. So I really do use this every day. And it grew over the years, obviously. I got to know it better and the nuances of it. And my relationships totally transformed. My ability to focus totally transformed. I use it to support outcomes of projects I'm working on. I use it, drum roll, to get my butt to the gym when I promise myself on New Year's that I'm going to start a new a new routine. But... I use it because I feel that motivation through connecting with joy and love and seeing myself moving through the world in a nimble, expressed way. So therefore, it's like, oh, yeah, I got to go to the gym. No big deal. So you see how that shifts everything? So, okay, like, yes, I get away from it sometimes, too, for sure. I am totally human. And I go through periods where I forget to do this and I move into feeling really tired and cranky and stressed and overwhelmed. Oh, that's one of my fallbacks. And I happily fall and dive right into an existential hole and start analyzing what it's all about. And if anything I do matters and, you know, all of that stuff. (laughs) Just being honest, it's true. Oh. I mean, but it's not really about any of that because all of those feelings just come from that fear-based state, from that place of judgment and worry and concern that all are fueled by fear. And so if I shift gears and move into a love-based state, my entire perception of my life changes on a dime, right? So that's what has me, that's what has me take a breath and close my eyes when I'm off course and reconnect and grab that steering wheel and consciously redirect, consciously redirect. (sighs) So I really hope you've enjoyed this New Year's talk. This is just one way, right, to start the journey of transformation. 
And if there's anything that you're going to take away from it, please let it be this. Just start where you are. That's enough. Be it a Hallmark card with a puppy on it, just one step to begin. Nothing more. A small, gentle, explorative step. So in this new year, please join me, if you are inspired, to live from the inside out. Learn to consciously create your life. Every minute is a chance to start again. Happy, happy new year. Thanks for joining me for our kickoff show of 2023. I love being with you, and I am one of your biggest cheerleaders. Just know that. You've got this, and I totally, totally believe in you. And if you want to be on the show to share your story in this new year, head over to my website, oakleyogden.com. That's O-A-K-L-E-Y-O-G-D-E-N.com. Click on podcast in the upper right-hand corner and you will see the form. I can't wait to hear from you. Be well.